does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. I understand the significance of this song uh-huh. because, of course, the artist is Snow. Yes, right? very good. But I, I have to admit, I'm a little bit embarrassed that that you would use this as a lead-in for our next guest because if there's one thing that I've learned about Stephen Holder in the, the last few weeks, it's mm-hmm. that he has the finest of palates when it comes to hip-hop and yeah. rap performers. Well, the other option was like I Red don't know that peppers. Isn't he like a German fellow, the informer guy? Oh, I have no idea. I, I think that's right, yeah. Well, that's fine. That's all. That's all just for the weather today. It's like taking a guy that's that's buying most of his clothes at Brooks Brothers and in Joseph A. Bank, and all of a sudden walking him into strong you know, fashion for Stephen Holder. By the way, I don't want to disparage any other clothes. I was wondering who you were going to throw under the bus. Like, well, yeah. there goes those endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> I was very careful there. Stephen, how do things look in the Lawrence area outside right now? Uh, it. Actually, I was a little disappointed when I woke up. I was. I thought I was going to wake up to Snowmageddon, but uh, bigger flakes now coming down. So uh, the old satellite dish has decided not to uh, cooperate. So I guess it's getting getting messy out there. So, sounds yeah, like I still have satellite. I know. Sounds like that's going to be the case all morning long. Uh, snow going to pick up visibility. Jake, you mentioned this earlier. It's getting a little bit less and less as i look outside here so keep an eye on that and uh sounds like the commute home or around lunchtime could get a little bit dicey uh we he was going to mention snowflakes but that's the other floor right that's the fourth floor <laughs> okay uh steven where do things stand on the cold search like is this going to be like american idol do we have another two months of rounds to go here sure why not uh it, it might be a process preferable to the last one right so um <laughs> What I would say is that this is what Chris Ballard told us he would do. He said he would be very methodical. He said he would take his time. And I I can't remember if we've discussed this before, but I I do think there are some lessons here uh, from the last go-round, and and I mean five years ago, you know, when they arrived at Josh McDaniels. I mean, they had a legitimate process there. They did interview quite a few candidates. I can't remember the exact number, uh, but – it, it seemed as though pretty early on they were focused on Josh McDaniels. And I get the sense that this time they're going completely in the other direction, which is to say they don't want to have any such situation where they are overly focused on one individual and they are taking a really open-minded approach. Uh, these were very preliminary er- interviews, and I anticipate – Whoever gets this job will have to do a second interview in person, so we're not there yet, apparently. Overly focused on one individual. Um, that's probably how you could describe Jim Mercer's opinion of Jeff Saturday um, for long stretches here to end the 2022 season and maybe even to into 2023. Steven, has your opinion changed at all on how Jim Mercer views Jeff Saturday permanently for this job? I, I think not yet. But I, I do think this. Uh, I, I think that Chris Ballard and, and those who are conducting or I, I guess putting together the list of candidates, they clearly are trying to be very thorough. And so I think, for example, you have, you have Rich Vasaccia, who I thought I was surprised to see him on the list. It makes sense. It, it makes total sense. But, Special teams coordinator. Correct. Special teams coordinator was an interim coach who had 
relative success in Las Vegas. They made the playoffs after you, you talk about the Colts, Oof. right off the field, or it's not even off the field, but just distractions. Uh, well, what did the Raiders go through, right in 2021? I mean, that was just unprecedented, right? You had your coach uh, embroiled in a scandal. You had a, a player involved in a, a death, uh, a fatal accident, uh, allegedly drunk. I mean, all kinds of things, right? And he and Rich Basaccia steered that team through that. So my point is, that's just one very, very small example of, I think, an effort to put together a list of candidates that, that contrast, you know, uh, whatever else may be on the table, including just Saturday. So I guess what I'm saying is they're doing their best. <laughs> the other people in the franchise certainly are doing their best uh, to give a wide array of choices. And I think with every impressive candidate who interviews, it makes it certainly harder for Jim Mersey to overrule uh, those, those very quality choices and to say that Jeff Saturday is the best candidate for the job. When you say, and Stephen Holder from ESPN.com is with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline, when you say other people in the organization – I think early on, Jim Mercer kind of takes a backseat to these first interviews. You know, most of them virtual. Exactly right. You know, he, he's not heavily involved right now. But I'm curious about Carly Ursay, the oldest daughter. You know, we oftentimes have seen her on the sidelines, whether at practice or in games. She's taken more and more of a role, um, I think, day-to-day operations, certainly. But I'm curious if she is sitting in on these initial interviews because if she's another voice that has seen these other candidates not named Jeff Saturday – Maybe she would say to her father at the end of this, hey, I really like, you know, insert candidate here. And I don't know. Maybe that is another voice that Jim Mersey says, you know what? It's not just Chris Ballard saying that. It's my daughter who it seems like eventually he will turn things over to. So to answer your question, yes, 100%. Carly Ursay is, in is involved in these interviews. Uh, they have been virtual, but she is – Definitely heavily involved. That is my understanding. I would also add, this is, I think, interesting. I, I do not get the impression that Jamerse has been heavily involved, which is something you just alluded to. Uh, that is correct. He has not been heavily involved at all in this particular aspect or this particular stage, I guess I should say, uh, to my understanding. Now, that doesn't mean that that he isn't getting looped in and that he um, – you know, maybe he's watching Zoom recordings of the interviews. I don't know, right? But but he's not he's not heavily involved here. So I don't know what to take away from that particular fact. But that is the case, and and we'll see uh, what happens in the second round and how that gets approached. But but Carly Ursay definitely is heavily involved, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I know that as they were. Uh, talking about potential candidates and, and having conversations like that, she was definitely at the center of those conversations as well. So every step of the way so far, Carly Ursay has been a big part of this. I, I understand possibly Kaylin Ursay as well. Stephen Holder is our guest on the Payless Zickers Hotline. Of course, he is with ESPN and is the writer for the Colts in the NFL. Stephen, in that capacity with Jim Ursay, do you believe – Jim Mercer might not have been involved with round one of interviews. Do you believe that if he was not involved in round two, that Jeff Saturday would be getting a second one? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't even know that it's been established that, that Jeff Saturday is getting a second one, but 
Uh, do I anticipate that he will? Uh, I mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, if like who's going to rule him out, right? Who, who's going to rule him out of of the in person interviews? You know, I, I don't. I don't know. Is, is Jamerce going to vote to rule him out? You know, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how they're going to shape, you know, the the list of finalists. I, I don't. I can't speak to that, right? How they are going to weed people out? That I don't know. But, but certainly the guy whose vote counts the most, you would think, uh, would be open to to having Jeff come in and sit down uh, for for a second interview. Uh, I, I don't. I anticipate there might be several, but the other factor here is, this is not the question, but the other factor is it'll be interesting to see when the dominoes start falling here, right? Uh, Sean Payton's got some things lined up this week, but, you know, does does he uh, become a guy who, who maybe is the first domino to fall? And yeah. does that Dan Quinn. dominoes? Sorry? Dan Quinn, I feel like, you yeah, know. I was going to say Dan. Yeah, one, yeah. Exactly. He, he's lining up, uh, I think he's, I think he's in Arizona maybe today or yesterday. It's for uh, a follow-up. So that's getting, that's getting closer. So, so I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is one, when that first domino falls, no one's been hired yet. I do anticipate you'll see other moves come maybe quickly after that. You know, I'm curious of this, Stephen, in terms of like the league rules. You know, I get the fact that when you reach out to and you ask permission to a franchise to interview one of their coaches, it's with the understanding that it would be for that coach to have an opportunity to elevate their profile within the league or, you know, get a promotion in terms of what rung of coaching they're in. Uh, How does it – what is the slippery slope of is it possible that the Colts have conducted interviews for, quote, their head coach – when in fact they're actually doing diligence to see if it's someone they want to pluck away for a coordinator position. Is that possible? It is possible. I've actually wondered that, and I don't know who specifically fits that profile, but but when you're interviewing, I believe the number is 13 now, I think, or at least there have been 13 requests, I believe, then you start to wonder that. I, I think that's a very fair question. I have wondered it. I don't know the answer but I think it's a fair question and, and not something that is, is off the table. I mean, you wouldn't tell the candidate that, but, but certainly it could be something that is, that is being considered by the Colts. The other thing is, you know, some of these coaches down the line, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a, a candidate who comes available for a role such as you're talking about, a, a coordinator role. Uh, we've, we've talked about or we've heard about coaches um, – potentially talking about who their, their uh, you know, if an offensive coordinator, for example, gets hired away, who would be, you know, sort of your, your backup plan. We've heard about uh, conversations like that happening in this hiring cycle because that has been an issue. So you never know. There's lots of different variables at work, and I, I think all of those things are possible. Also, Stephen, I wanted to ask you about this. Last night, um, I was scrolling through on ESPN.com, and they had a, an article on NFL predictions. And I I think this was before I took melatonin. I Maybe I was hallucinating. <laughs> One of them I saw, they predicted two teams that Aaron Rodgers could play for next year if it is not the Green Bay Packers, which I always yeah. find a little unique because he's under contract, but he seems to be kind of a diva. Um, 
New York Jets and Indianapolis Colts was one of those. Your thoughts? So, yes, I have thoughts. So the article was was quoting, I think it was Jeremy Fowler, my colleague. The, the article was a, a reflection of what uh, decision makers around the league predict might happen. And so the question that was asked of them, what do you think happens with Aaron Rodgers? if in fact he does not go back to green Bay, which is always possible because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's exhausting. Right. So apparently some one or more mentioned the Colts as a possibility. And, and, and the, the rationale there was, look, they have had this, this revolving door of veteran quarterbacks, but this guy would be a, a different level and, and much more of a sure thing. I mean, I think I generally agree with that, but I also think that, it doesn't help them in the long term. And and if you bring Aaron Rodgers in, and listen, like 17 dominoes would have to fall before that even happened, right? So this is very, very, very hypothetical. But for whatever, what the hell, right? We're, we're talking about it, so let's go. What I would say is even if you, you think he, he has this huge immediate impact, which he would, I think, you still don't solve your long-term problems. And, I mean – Aaron Rodgers could walk out of the door a year from now, right? I mean, so you never know what you're dealing with with him, and, and it's a constant question about his future. I, I don't think that this is a team that needs to create more questions at quarterback. So that's my initial reaction to that. And Stephen Holder with us here, ESPN.com on the Payless Liquors hotline. Stephen, I wanted to clarify something. In a way, I feel like you're I'm being asked. I'm asking you to check my work on this, but – the D'Amico Ryan situation is really interesting to me. And again, we haven't covered a head coaching search since 2018, and the rules have changed a lot, really, since 2018. Yeah. But do I have this correct in that the Colts can't even talk to D'Amico Ryans on Monday if San Francisco is still playing for a Super Bowl? And I believe I have this correct. There's four coaches left in the playoffs that the Colts have reported interest in. They've interviewed three of them. The three offensive coordinators that we'll see on Sunday, Brian Callahan with Cincinnati, Shane Steich in Philly, Eric Bieniemy Kansas City. But they didn't talk to D'Amico Ryans initially. He declined, I think, two of the four interview requests just because he didn't have enough time. And I believe the NFL rule states, if you didn't talk to them prior to the Super Bowl, if they make the Super Bowl, you've got to wait until after that game to speak with them. So, I it is so confusing. You are correct. Yes, <laughs> they, they it's so confusing. The They've changed them a lot, and I'm trying to. I don't want to misinform the listeners, so I'm going to be careful. Uh, they, uh, you know what? We'll have to. I think I'm going to have to to actually do my own double checking on this because I don't remember. And, and I'm I'm actually as we're talking here, I'm scrolling trying to remember. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, let's not let's not guess. Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> I don't want to do that. I feel I mean it's kind of embarrassing that I, I think I should know this, but I I feel like I might be kind of sort of guessing. So let's. I mean, let's I didn't know it that. until last night. To be totally honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, basically, I, I think they think can talk. Was, they I can talk to the other coordinators. Thing. They can talk to the ones that they've already spoken with. So Bienemy, Steichen. Mm-hmm. Callahan. If any of those guys are in the Super Bowl, they can talk with them during the Super Bowl off week because they've already done one interview with them. But in Ryan's right. case, who, you know, by all accounts, I think in some people's eyes, he's the most coveted candidate this coaching cycle. The fact that he didn't speak with Indy means if San Francisco wins on Sunday, you wouldn't be able to talk to him till February 13th. 
Yeah, that's that's rough. That's yeah. Here it is. Actually, I'm looking at it here. So he, yeah, he can't do interviews. Uh, I believe he can't. He definitely can't do interviews before this game coming up. Um, yeah, it's it's complicated. Hey, it, would it you wait like, that long to talk to him? I don't know. That's. I it, it would it would make me uncomfortable. I would say that. Um, and and look, he he made a choice, frankly, by by bailing on the interview. I'm not well. Bailing's the wrong word, right? I mean, he was doing what he felt he had to do, right? And and kudos to him, right, for prioritizing his work. Uh, but you know, it, it, that came with some consequences too, you know. And and so that's that's just the reality. That's just the reality. Um, actually, I'm looking at it now, and and the latest coverage says should the 49ers win the NFC title game, Ryan's would have to complete any additional interviews. By February fifth, um, so I don't know. It's it's very confusing. I, I think it may be. We'll have to get this clarified and, and put it up on Twitter. Let's do that. Okay. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> we can, Yeah, we will collaborate on that okay. here. Um, anything yeah. to note on Ajero Avero? That is reportedly going to be a second interview for the Colts. Denver's defensive coordinator last year. Before that, was a secondary coach with the Rams. Obviously, on their Super Bowl team um anything stand out to you about the Avero name uh well yeah he he actually he's got a lot of varied experience in the league been on uh, quite a few different staffs I remember in my early days in Tampa Bay uh, he was I think like a quality control coach on that staff someone honestly I never talked to but you know if you think about who was who was on that that Tampa Bay staff you know who in some of his formative years you know um at one point Mike Tomlin Raheem Morris Obviously, that was John Gruden's staff as the head coach. Uh, Monty Kiffin was on that staff, you know, legendary coordinator. So, like, these are some of the people who informed his, his, you know, sort of helped form who he's become as a head coach. And then he's gone on to work in lots of other places as well. I'll say this, for what it's worth, maybe people don't care, but, I mean, to get that, that Broncos defense to play as consistently as he did uh, for a team that seemed to be in a lot of dysfunction – I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. So that's about as much as I can say. I don't know how, how all that translates to a head coach, but, but certainly he made a, a good impression, it, it would seem. And he seems like he also strikes me as a serious guy. You know, not that Frank Reich wasn't, but I think they clearly they, they want you know, sort of a, a serious person for this job. Uh, that's my impression. And so he probably fits that bill as well. Stephen, my sister's birthday is February 6th. It's also Axel Rose's birthday. I think Babe Ruth's also. Um, which is a safer bet that on my sister's birthday we will know who the Colts head coach is or the Colts in the NFL draft will select fourth? I'm sorry, what was the last part again? Or That or the what? Colts will select where they are slotted to select in the NFL draft. Um, I think we, I think we may know by the sixth. I think we may know. Uh, I mean, I think next week is probably the pivotal week. And the other thing to note here is this is not a reason to do it, but they, they, do, they prefer not to have these teams, uh, you know, do these kinds of announcements the week of the Super Bowl. That is strongly discouraged by the NFL, so that the you know the Super Bowl can have all the coverage and, and not be interrupted. It's kind of an unwritten rule, but it is something that that's important. So to do that, and I'm not saying that's why they do it, but 
but that would be another variable, perhaps, why we may learn something next week. I just think the dominoes are going to start to fall, and it may behoove you to make a decision, you know, by, you know, by, by that, that week before the Super Bowl. But we'll see. We Do you see. think, when you look at the other franchises that are in the same mix looking for a coach, is Indianapolis in any sort of a competition for anybody? Is Do you believe that there is a coach that they are saying to themselves, that is our guy and that's who we have to get come hell or high water? Well, I don't know if they're saying that specifically, but but if if we're talking about possible competition, I, I think Dan Quinn would be would be the guy who there there may be some competition for. I mean, we, we know of another second interview for him. We know it appears the Colts want to talk to him again. So that's two teams that are taking particular interest in him. He's also obviously one of the premier candidates in this cycle. You know, we've we've known that for quite some time. So none of this is surprising. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, if there is another team in the mix for for the the candidate, the Colts target, it, it may be telling. You know, in in terms of where he ends up going, it may be telling in terms of what people think about the Colts. And, and what kind of pitch the Colts are making. Yeah, what happens with that first domino? I, I agree, Stephen. It's been pretty quiet so far. Yeah. I think another thing to keep in mind, if you wait, you know, does that hinder what type of coaching staff that coach could build as that. well? Reggie Wayne yeah. had an interesting tweet last week about just kind of the, uh, the ruthless nature to the coaching aspect in the NFL. I think that's another thing. <laughs> away uh steven good luck if you make the trek out again right now not too bad but it sounds like a little bit dicier as the morning moves along uh appreciate the time this morning you got it guys